0: You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Hello, my name's Greg Beach and uh, I'm delighted to be with you today. Thank you so much for your your time and uh, I'm looking forward to sharing a few things with you. I've been a pastor for most of my life and uh, the last 16 years have been an itinerant missionary And uh, I've been traveling all kinds of places around the world seeking to bring the kingdom and bring justice and mercy wherever I can. Paul and Monica Zanato have invited me to speak on uh, what God is saying to the church today and also on the prophetic ministry. And I've never been to your church, I don't know, the Melbourne Lights Church, but uh, I hear great reports of what God's doing in your midst. So that's exciting. Um, you'll probably know Paul he's the very shy retiring man sitting in the corner of the church as an introvert not really he's uh, he's Tigger bouncing off the wall everywhere but uh, it's so good to be able to keep connection with him and also through him uh, with with this church so about the prophetic what can we say about that today in days of pandemic well you know I prefer to use the term hearing the voice of god because the word prophetic and prophecy has a lot of negative connotations for some people it has a lot of baggage these days lots been a lot's been said a lot's been written so let's talk about hearing the voice of god you can hear the voice of god today and you know jesus christ knows you he knows you intimately and I believe he's got a special word that he wants to speak into your life on a regular basis, not just occasionally, but there's a revelation that will come from him to your life and through you to your family and your church. You know, Jesus said uh, to his disciples, you know, my sheep know my voice, you know, and they follow me. And he wants to speak. He's the God who is not a block of wood or stone, but he is the living God. Christianity is a supernatural face in a living God who is not silent. He's not just zipped his mouth when the canon was completed at the end of the first century. He continues to speak to his people, not eternal revelation like we have in the Scripture, but those words of knowledge and those promptings and that, those directions into our lives, those words of comfort that we need so much. So he's always been the God who speaks, actually. When I think about the history of God's dealings with his people, he was always calling people by name, you know, Samuel, Samuel, you know. And then he would call Moses, Moses, and he, he called David, David, David. He was always calling. This is the calling, speaking God. He called to Elijah just in that still small voice rather than in a rushing you know, torrent of words and uh, loud lightning and thunder. He just spoke quietly, and that's how he often speaks today. And so he calls us by name, you know, Martha, Martha, Saul, Saul. And he calls us and he wants to share with us revelation that can really uh, impact our lives in a wonderful way. We know that the living God is fully revealed in Jesus Christ the one who does know you personally. And it's the experience of Jesus Christ speaking personally into your lives, speaking personally to you, that will keep you from just dead religion and bring you into a supernatural faith of actually walking with God, who is the speaking God. Sadly for a lot of people, Christianity is dead and people leave the church sometimes in droves because... They've never heard the voice of God. They've never been trained how to listen to God's voice. And that's a great sadness. But to hear God's voice speaking to you personally can be life-changing. It can change the trajectory of your life very quickly. I remember when I was young, uh, I was uh, in management and uh, I was about to open up my store uh, where I was managing it was early in the morning probably about eight o'clock in the morning and I had a lot of staff around waiting to go in I put the key in the door lock and was about to open the door and God spoke to me in that very moment and I it wasn't an audible voice but it was a voice that shocked me from the inside and it was simply this Greg go to college And I said, oh, no, I don't really want to go to college, God. I don't want to be a pastor. My dad's a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. And this voice just stayed with me, just resonating for some time. And I went up to my office and picked up the phone and called the college and said, God has spoken to me. Can you send me an application? I need to come to college. And it changed the trajectory of my life forever. I have so many stories like that, and I'm sure some of you do as well. So the first thing we'd affirm today is that everyone can hear the voice of God. I'm really committed to training people. How do you hear the voice of God? How how can you hear that voice day by day? And getting the prophetic or that kind of word of knowledge ministry off the stages of our churches and into the pews, if you will, or amongst everybody in the church, because we can all hear the voice of God. You know, we can all operate and function in the supernatural realm of the Holy Spirit. And that's so exciting. And when we speak like this, we always speak with the goal of not causing any harm. You know, uh, Paul says in Corinthians that we speak words of prophecy, words of knowledge that God may give us for the building up, you know, for the strengthening of the church and the encouragement of God's people. So we never speak words that could harm or condemn or shame or, and we never speak speculative words about who someone ought to marry or things like that. We seek to be mature and wise when God gives us a word for someone else. Thirdly, we always seek to speak through the filter of God's love. When you speak through love, it's transforming, isn't it? And that's the voice of God. It's the tone, if you will. It's the intent of the voice of God, that his love would be communicated to people. So we always think about God's heart. What's his gentle word for this person? What's his kind word? What's his merciful word? What's his word of love that will build this person up? And then we listen for that word. Now Jesus said, I have not come into the world to condemn the world. And that prophetic ministry, that ministry of hearing God's voice and of words of knowledge and uh, insights from from the Father, when that's operating in the church, it's not a condemning ministry. It's a liberating ministry, a freeing ministry for everybody. But how do you grow in this gift? How do you sort of come to a maturity and a a regular pattern of hearing the voice of God? Well, I want to give you four quick points and, uh, and then I'm going to maybe some advice about that for a whole church. We have a practice called stop, look, listen and go. Stop, look, listen and go. You remember this from primary school or from your parents training you in this. So in life, the first thing we need to do is remember to stop Stop what we're doing and pause because God may be speaking. And it doesn't matter whether you're out on a walk, whether you're at work in the office, whether you're driving. (laughs) You don't want to pause too much when you're driving. Um, Or whether you're at church or whether you're with your family or in your quiet time when you just have the word open and you're in prayer. But there's that, that time just to stop and be ready for God to speak. And then we look. So, you know, I'm a very visual person, so God speaks to me quite visually. I get a lot of pictures and a lot of visions, and they come very quickly across my mind. I close my eyes and they just a, a picture will come and go quite quickly. But very often, you know, we can actually look at things around us and God will speak to us. Uh, this morning, I was down at the beach at Narrabeen uh, with my wife, and we were just watching some birds. And they were so beautiful. I think they were little willy-wagtails. And they just stayed very close and they were playing. And I just thought to myself, you know, that's so incredible because we, we were just concerned. You know, you get anxious about some things sometimes. And I looked at those little birds and it reminded me of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. You, you know, don't worry. Just don't stress about anything like that. Don't be anxious about the things in your life. Your heavenly father knows what you need, you know. He cares for even the sparrow or the willy wagtail. And I felt comforted like God had spoken to me again through those little birds. We often see uh, a sea eagle when we're out walking. Uh, And, you know, when we see the sea eagle, it always reminds us of the prophetic, but it reminds us that God is with us and he's speaking. And I don't know how many times I've been out walking and the sea eagle has flown directly over me or it's hovered over my wife when she's been at the beach, just hovered over her. And it always speaks to us about the presence of God and he's speaking a word and his promises will come true. So we need to look, to look at what God may be revealing to us, either visually, like through a picture that might come across our mind or through creation, so stop, look, and then listen. What is God saying? What's the interpretation of what I'm saying? What is he actually saying to me today? So to listen, incline your ear, and you'll be surprised what God may, may, may speak to you. So stop, look, listen, and then when you've heard, I encourage you to write that down, but then go. And so if there's an instruction with that word, if there's something that God puts on your heart to do, then just go and do it. So that's a very simple practice. Stop, look, listen, and go. But how do we nurture that whole ministry of hearing the voice of God in the church at a church level? When I was pastoring, we would uh, have an evening service where the, the word of knowledge gift, prophetic gift, and other gifts were really practiced and sought. And so we would open up the service at the end of the service having someone who is usually a visitor or a new person come forward if they were willing to do so and then we would pray for them and i would pass the microphone around the congregation and because i'd trained the church i expected everybody could prophesy and or or, or have hear the voice of god and they did so often that would go for ages you know there would just be so many words and the person at the front would be crying, oh God is with me, he's heard my cry and they'd be just getting blessed and filled with the Holy Spirit as the church functioned in the gifts. So that's one thing to do is to set up venues, uh, places, some people call them encounter rooms, You know, where a place where people can come during the week and receive a word of knowledge uh, from a team that might pray for them. But setting up these training opportunities where you train and where you practice and where you seek to hear the voice of God and refine that and mature that over a period of time. That's how a church, I believe, can really grow in the prophetic. We also grow in the prophetic and in hearing the voice of God when mature and seasoned voices come in. So I remember back in the day we had people like uh john paul jackson would come and visit our church and just read everybody's mail just i mean uh, just amazing the way he would uh, read people and uh, just have these messages and words of knowledge from god it was incredible so we would have some mature voices come in and i would watch them at work the church would watch them operate in the gifts and we learned so much from them so i think that's also a great place But can I give you this encouragement? I believe God speaks to us very often and he moves in the supernatural very often out of desperation. And when we're desperate, you know, when we're hungry, when the Holy Spirit is just stirring our hearts for more, we want more of his movement, more of his work in our lives, more of his giftedness, more of his power to be seen. I believe that's when in our hunger and desperation he comes to us and he begins to reveal his heart to us. You know, I get desperate for this quite often and I'll be sitting in my quiet time and I have a chair, a special chair I sit in having my morning prayer and uh, devotional time. And I sometimes get quite desperate and I open up my journal and I say, Lord, I'm stopping, I'm looking, I'm listening. Would you speak to me? And it's out of that desperation and hunger that we often hear the voice of God. And of course, he sometimes surprises us. You know, there are those times when we're not even ready. I I remember Vicky and I were praying about whether I'd continue training and teaching in India. We've got uh, mercy projects there, but also uh, pastor's training projects. And and I was just wondering whether I should continue uh, to hold those seminars and do the work I was doing. So we prayed at about 11 o'clock one morning in our lounge room and committed it to the Lord, and said, please guide us, God, would you just speak to us about this? And we didn't sense anything or hear anything. And then at about uh, two or three o'clock in the afternoon, that same day, suddenly a car smashes into the side of our apartment, just an almighty crash. And we rush outside and there's a water spout going up because it had broken a pipe and inside the car smashed into our apartment block right next to our apartment was a family from India. Now we don't have many families from India living in our community. We're mainly surfers uh, and beachgoers where we live. And uh, uh, sadly, I wish we had more Indian couples, more Indian people living in our community, but it's, it was, it's quite rare. And so here we have an Indian family crashing into our apartment block and next thing they're in our house and we're ministering to them looking after them and it was like god said okay you want to know whether you're going to still minister in india let me send some people from india into your house and we got the message and so i immediately said okay lord i'm going back to india after that we got some invitations that actually extended the fruitfulness into a zone that we'd never seen in our ministry before And it was like God said, okay, I've spoken, I've called you, and as you obey, I'm going to bring the fruit. So you see, hearing a voice of God can change the trajectory of your life and your ministry forever because, you know, when you have an encounter like this, you'll always go in a different direction, I believe. Now, I want to make a few comments about what God might be saying to the church today and... um, everybody has an opinion about what God might be saying to the church. Uh, I have some opinions like everybody else, but there are some things that I discern in these days. Uh, And I think that we need to really, really encourage each other in these things, because I see a lot of discouragement around, there's a lot of turbulence uh, in the churches. And I think when I talk to pastors and People in leadership in churches, there's some discouragement from time to time and there's some despair. Uh, George Barner has just published a document to say, or some research in the States to say that they believe 20% of American churches will close uh, by the end of the pandemic. Now, I don't know how true that is, uh, whether that really will be borne out, um, but I know in Australia there is some shaking. And so more than ever, more than ever, we need to hear what God might be saying to us in these days. And so some of the things that have been on my heart in these, in these days are things like this. Jesus said, I will build my church, and no gates of hell will prevail against the church. Jesus pronounced those words in a region where there was a cave called the gates of hell, where there was Caesar worship, Baal worship, Pan worship where there was, uh, in in an environment where there would be later uh, some great persecution. So at Caesarea Philippi, he says, I will build my church and no gates of hell. Nothing will stop that process. So I want to say to God's people today, faithfully follow Jesus. Faithfully give yourself to Jesus Christ, him crucified, risen again, the ascended, exalted king of kings, Faithfully give yourself to him, and he will build the church. Follow after him so closely in these days of pandemic. And it's almost like, you know, I sense what we, what we know that we ought to be doing, and the way we ought to be following, is being sort of flashed up on a screen somewhere in big lights. It's almost like, you know, this is what you ought to be doing. This is the way to go. And it's what we already know, but it's like God's saying, look, pay attention. So I think it's just the promise, first of all, that he's going to build his church. And so do not lose heart. Do not give up. In times when you can't gather, he is is with us. And he's going to do that building work. He's he's going to draw people to, to himself. People are going to be saved and baptized. They're going to be built up and strengthened. These are going to be great times in the future years. But I'd also say that God is calling us to a fresh encounter with his love, a fresh encounter with his love, you know. You know, Christianity, as I said earlier, was, it's not a dead religion. This is a supernatural walk we're on with the living God who is alive, who is real, who does speak and who loves completely his people. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. And you say, well, I know that cognitively, I have an intellectual understanding of that. But actually, he loves you intimately just for who you are. He knows you, and and that love is very personal, very directed. So in these times, I want to encourage you to seek an intimate encounter with Jesus, that you would experience something of his extravagant and rich love in your own heart. And I have a testimony about that. I remember last last week it was actually, I was having my quiet time in the morning and wrestling with God, with the scriptures and with some things. And, you know, as I was praying and as I was seeking God, I just sensed my heart being strangely warmed on a couple of issues. You know, that John Wesley kind of experience, my heart strangely warmed. And I knew God was just, you know, catching something in my heart, a light and that fire stayed with me and actually it's given me uh, a direction to go in that i need to follow and in the midst of all of that i just felt really loved i felt like his love was so real tangible like his arms were around me the good shepherd who loves me so intimately so i encourage you to experience the affection of jesus in prayer You know, have that quiet time in the morning, whatever you call it—devotional time, sitting with Jesus time. Pray, read the scriptures, meditate, sit with Him, and experience His affection. I'm by nature, I'm someone who always loves to do stuff. I'm a doer, and it's been taking me a long time to become someone who just is happy to be, to be in His presence, and to experience His love. But it's the richest part of all in our Christian life. I also want to say that I think in these days I'm encouraging people to pursue and to stir up, if you will, uh, desperation. This is a time of great desperation. We need God more than ever. We need to know his touch. We need to know his love. We need to know his power. We need to hear his voice. So could I encourage you as a church, get desperate after God. Just stir it up. You know, because what you want, you don't want religion. You don't want philosophy. You want a person and you want to know his power flowing in your life to set you free from so many things, to give you anointing for ministry, to, I guess, nurture hope in your heart that there's a future in him. So desperation is so important. And I remind you today as well that he is in control. Uh, that You know, it looks like at the moment, that the virus is in control, but God is in control. We don't always understand the ways of God, but we know that he is in control of this world and his purposes will be established. A couple of other things very quickly, and I want to pray for you. I read a book some time ago called Satisfied Dissatisfaction. Satisfied Dissatisfaction. It meant a lot to me because that's been the story of my life. You know, I've, I'm so satisfied with what I have in Christ, but there's that sense of dissatisfaction. I know there's something more and I'm going for that. So can I encourage you as part of desperation and stirring up the supernatural in your life, the presence of Jesus, the affection of Jesus, to, to really not settle for anything other than those encounters, those supernatural encounters with God. Amen. And then lastly, I'm going to encourage you, in fact, let me give two quick points. This is a time, let's put it up in bold lights, let everybody hear it, to love our neighbours. We know that we're meant to do that, but this is a time, above all other times, when we're to reach out and love our neighbours, befriend our neighbours, show mercy to our neighbours, extend our hearts toward our neighbours, look for a need and meet it, you know. And I think as we do that, we're going to have an impact beyond anything we could imagine. And then lastly, can I say, can you be encouraged, stir up your prayer life as well. Make sure that you're a man or a woman of prayer. You know, John Wesley again said once, didn't he, that God doesn't do anything without prayer. And so we know that if we're going to see the move of God and the hand of God and the, you know, the supernatural, we need to be people of prayer. So I encourage you to be those people of prayer. Seek his face and i believe he's going to just come into your life in incredible ways to speak to deliver to to uh, plant hope in hearts to extend his love these are going to be great days in the coming days ahead amen so let me pray for you as a church i pray uh, that god will first of all Extend his hand to show his incredible, fragrant, extravagant love to every member of the church. Father, would you do that? Would you touch every heart and people who can't meet at the moment, people who may be unwell, we pray that you will show your love, extend your mercy to hearts and fill people with an experience of the love of Jesus. I pray, Father, that you will unleash the supernatural in your church. I pray that this church, Melbourne Lights Church, will know the touch of the Holy Spirit, the the prophetic being released, the words of knowledge, the the voice of God. Healings will take place. Miracles will be seen. This will be a supernatural church, just not another institution, not another uh, religious work, but actually a supernatural place where people, men and women, encounter the living God. Bless the church in these days. We pray that the church will also be extended to love neighbors, to love the lost, and we'll see acts of mercy and justice and kindness flowing into the community out of this church. I pray that you will touch the leaders of the church with the truth that you are building your church and nothing will stand against that, nothing. It's going to be a mighty church, a great church, a work of God because you said it would be. Thank you for your heart for the church. And Father, I also pray, lastly, that you will stir up holy desperation amongst your people, desperation for all the things of God, for Jesus Christ himself to be made more real than we've ever known him. I pray that people will be desperate and be driven to prayer and worship, driven into your word, driven into seeking your face like never before. Holy Spirit, May all of this come true for Melbourne Lights Church. May we see it happen in these coming days. Bless the leaders, bless the congregation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.